Can a radio show keep you safe and protect your rights? The verdict is yes. If it's Scott Weinberg on the law. Once again, here's attorney Scott Weinberg. Can Michigan turn to the biggest nerd in town for guidance out of one of the biggest downturns in our state's history? What would our economy look like if we had an actual businessman in charge and not a politician? Well, today we're going to find out. We're pleased to be joined this morning by Rick Snyder, who I hope will tell us and what he's going to be doing in Michigan. He has quite an impressive resume uh, in terms of business here and outside of Michigan. He's a graduate of University of Michigan Go Blue with a B.A. and J.D. and a Master's in Business Administration. He worked his way up. To be the president and CEO of what now is Price Waterhouse Coopers, one of the most successful companies of its kind. He's helped guide companies like Gateway and Health Media and was appointed the first chair of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation by then Governor Anglo. Angler, where he created a very successful uh, organization and smart zones for startup companies. And, of course, now he's running for the Republican nomination for Michigan governor. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. Glad to be with you. Well, we're glad to have you. And, okay, I acknowledge you are the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Educate us. How can we go from a thriving Michigan-based economy, reliant on the automotive industry, obviously, and change it so that our state can climb out of this, out of this recession? Well, no, I appreciate the compliment, but most of this is about us working together and bringing common sense to bear because most of the answers are, are things that are fairly straightforward. It's usually the implementation that's the hard part. And when you look at our economy, that is the big issue in this election. We need more and better jobs. We need to diversify our economy. And there are some key levers to that. Um, the role of government is not to create jobs. It's to create an environment where jobs can flourish. And one of the most important levers in that philosophy is taxes. Um, I started my career as a tax accountant in 1982 in Detroit, working on something called the single business tax. It was the worst tax in the United States back then. In 2007, I got replaced with the Michigan business tax, which was even worse. The way I describe it is like Lansing went to the video store and rented Dumb and Dumber. Hmm. Um, and it fundamentally needs to be replaced, and I propose replacing with a flat 6% corporate income tax. Now, we need to do more than that. Our regulatory system's also messed up. We're treating people as if they're bad and should be controlled and we have too much regulation. We need the presumption to understand that the average citizen, the average customer of government, the good, honest person, and should be treated that way, and we should focus on the exceptions. Um, those are all things we need to do. And then in the economic development world, we need to change how we operate there. Um, you know, before, I the first... just, I just wanted to ask you, because you mentioned about taxes, and, it, and obviously it's so important here. I know that, that you've taken a position on it. But, you know, we had Congressman uh, Hoekstra on the other day, and quite frankly he challenged me when I brought up the issue of do we really need to have incentives, like, for instance, tax reform or uh, offering tax incentives for businesses to come here. And I wanted to get your take on it. Do you think we should have that, or or should we do something else to encourage businesses to come to Michigan? Well, again, there's a difference between tax reform and incentives. Tax reform is fundamental because that levels the playing field and lets free enterprise work because you're creating a much more level, competitive playing field in terms of overall tax rate. The incentive issue is out of control, and that's one of the things we really need to change is we use incentives far too much in the state, and they're political sound bites. Um, there's something politicians want to talk about how they've created jobs when, in fact, they may add no real value because – there's no one there to say when you do the, give incentives to a company, essentially you've raised the tax rate for everyone else, 
and someone should be doing the press release to say you've caused 10,000 businesses to lose a fraction of a job, a tenth of a job, and you've not gained anything. So we need to stop using incentives as Band-Aids on a broken tax system. Let's make a fair, efficient tax system. Let's scale back incentives, and let's get out of picking winners and losers. Government doesn't know how to do that. That's well, the- well, I was going to say, we need to obviously come up with the industry that can uh, be a tra- or bring industry here. And I know, obviously, you start, you've helped create startup companies, and you've been involved in the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Tell us honestly. And I know that, obviously, you're, a, you're an Ann Arbor guy. What can we do to bring the tech boom back like you did in the 80s? What can we do to bring that back here to Michigan? Well, it's already here. We just need to support what we have because it's not going to be attracting a few out-of-state companies into Michigan. It's not our recovery. Our recovery is going to be more economic gardening, and we have all the tools in place. We need to enhance those tools, and we need to have people working better together, not government solving all the issues. But we need to encourage entrepreneurship, innovation. The comeback of Michigan is going to be Michiganders creating and growing small businesses, growing their family businesses, watching them thrive and flourish. As you said, I've been doing that for years. I know how to do that. I know how to do economic development to make that happen through public-private partnerships. Because I'm proud to say I've created some highly successful companies, even in the bad environment we have. If we can improve the environment, there's lots more opportunities. Well, that's true. I mean, and we've talked to different uh, candidates running, obviously, in the state. And not just that, but even uh, people that are local here uh, for, for office. And the major thing is clearly jobs. You know, we all have kids. My kid goes to Michigan State, and, and we want them to be able to stay here. I, I mean, how can we keep our kids from gra- when they're graduating college and even professional schools to stay in a state when uh, we need to offer them jobs? We need to be able to have companies here that can say, listen, stay in the state and commit to the state. Yeah, there are three levels to that because the, the second key piece of what I'm talking about is more and better jobs is number one. Keeping our young people here is number two. And with respect to our young people, the first level is the same issue we just talked about. It's the need for more and better jobs because right now and for the last several years, there just haven't been jobs for our kids. So that goes back to the same things we talked about, about taxes, regulation, entrepreneurial environment. The second issue we have with our young people, though, that – even before we had the jobs issue, we were losing far too many of our young people was a lack of quality of place, that urban environment where many of them want to go to and live for some time. And that's why, in my philosophy and my vision and plan, it's absolutely critical we get places like Detroit back on a positive path and succeeding. Because if you look at it, the Detroit News did a study last year that showed there are 70,000 MSU U of M alumni in Chicago. If we had 50,000 of those in Detroit, if we had 20,000 spread across our state, our economy would be fundamentally different today. So we need that urban environment that's an exciting up-and-coming place. And the core of it's already there. There are young professionals there, but we need to get some of these other impediments out of the way with the city and other cities. The last level I'll tell you that we can work on today is putting in some mentorship programs to connect our young people with successful people at all different levels. Because that's one of the things that kept me in Michigan back in 82 when I got out of school. One of the big drivers were having great mentors and building that personal relationship of people that are willing to invest in young people and help them succeed both professionally and personally. And we can do that. We have a lot of people that love to be mentors, but we don't have situations or the networks to connect people well. And, again, that's public-private partnerships. That's not big government dollars. That's letting people succeed. 
We're talking with uh, businessman Rick Snyder, who wants to be your next governor. If you want to ask a question, call us right here on Weinberg on the Law at 1-800-665-2451 on CBS Radio 1270 WXYT. I want to talk to you, uh, Rick, about, I want to talk to you about energy. And obviously it's in the news every day with the debacle that's going on with BP Oil Company and, and what they got into. And what I want to do is I want to get your take on what can Michigan learn from it. For instance, we're so oil addicted in this country, but clearly from a, a state that's benefited and relied on auto companies for so long. Do you think we can um, attract, I guess, another type of energy company or industry to come here to Michigan? Have you, have you made any inroads into that? Again, it's not, government shouldn't be picking industries, but we got a lot of, got a lot of good things going that can, can continue to do well and enhance. And one of the interesting parts is, is We've got a reasonable portfolio of green things going in our state already. Like what? Part, part of it, well, the first level of when you want to be green is the first thing you focus on is efficiency. I mean, the best way to save dollars is be more efficient on how you use energy. But beyond that, we actually have some good things going. If you go to the Saginaw Valley, what's going on with solar cells and silicon devices and everything else there for the long term is pretty exciting. There's a good manufacturing base with, like, Hemlock Semiconductor and such. And then wind energy, there's good on-ground opportunities that are already going on. Up in the thumb of Michigan, um, they're excited about things going on. And it should all be part of a broader portfolio. In some ways, we have to make sure we don't overhype some of these green alternatives, but be realistic, understand that long-term they are absolutely critical, that they're going to take some time to develop and be as cost-efficient as possible. But let's keep working it. Another area that doesn't get much attention is actually, again, I would describe as exciting that doesn't get much attention is we've done a lot in terms of wood chips and actually figuring out how to use our renewables here in terms of there's several companies in the middle part of the state around Mount Pleasant that are chipping up trees in a very positive way and that central Michigan they're actually using it as part of their power plant operations in terms of burning these wood chips that are renewable. You think that so, can uh, create more jobs throughout the state? Well, again, there isn't a magic bullet to the issue of jobs. It's doing a lot of good things and diversifying our economy. We have a great automotive and manufacturing base in the state. We shouldn't be walking away from it, but we do need to enhance it with new industries coming around it, broadening our base, and in many cases, you know, being much more diversified while at the same time being proud and um, continuing to support the strong industries we have. You know, I want to talk to you about uh, debates, and I know it's been written about that whether or not you will or will not participate in debates in the state. What is the story of that? Do you want to participate in the debates, and if and if not, why not? Well, I think it's more other people trying to make a story out of something that we covered a long time ago. About a month ago or so, we published the schedule. We had been invited to 40-plus different debates. We participated in 20-plus debates or joint forums with other candidates publish the schedule to say we don't think we should be doing all these but we're happy to do a, a fair number of them and some of the more prominent ones so we published the schedule put it out to say that's it so it's not a question of going back and forth we published our schedule a month ago and as time has passed people have tried to make it into an issue but it's really a balancing act that debates are good i like them because they show a clear contrast with a bunch of career politicians but at the same time they're sound bites they they focus too much on just an exchange of a few seconds here and there and trying to make headlines and something, and people going negative. Where on the other hand, we also announced we were doing 50-plus town halls 
which are events, economic town halls that are open to the public. We're doing them all around the state. We've done over 25 already. And I go around and basically have an hour, an hour and a half where I talk for a few minutes and then open up for questions from ordinary, regular people and have a good dialogue with them about real substance. And that's what really counts in this election is substance, not soundbite. Well, that's clear what, you know, uh, obviously in, on a national term, what Obama did uh, well in terms of his town halls. Are those going to be covered online? Are those ones where people can see that and, and be able to discuss it, like through Skype or anything like that? Well, we haven't done that yet. We're, we're looking at that. Um, again, the news media has covered a number of them and put segments up online. Um, but we're looking at the online piece of it. Hopefully the best answer is we can get to as many people in person. Um, just did one today in Novi, did one earlier this week in Battle Creek, one in St. Joseph, and tomorrow we're actually down in Monroe. Looking forward to doing one in Monroe from noon to one at the Hampton Inn, and hopefully we'll get a great turnout there. Well, that is one of the things that any candidate, obviously, whether it's local or state, really has to connect with the people. And, you know, one of the problems with in even running all over the state is every city has its different, every town has its different um, interests. You know, you go to Detroit now, everybody's still just reeling from what happened to our former mayor, mayor with Kwame. And, you know, you talk about kids leaving the state and mentors. You know, we just have to have a better image of this, of the major city in this state, Detroit, than Kwame Kilpatrick going to prison. And we just have to have better images of our leaders, of our mentors. And we do. And a big part of that starts with us. Um, because in many respects, we're too hard and too negative on ourselves. One of the things I say is one of the toughest things our next governor needs to do is help lead the charge on changing our culture from negative to positive. Um, because... If we're not positive about ourselves, how can we expect the rest of the country to be positive about us? And the other corollary of that is we have way too much of this win-lose attitude in our state, where too often people believe they've won something at the expense of someone else, and it happens too often in partisan issues and racial issues and geographic issues. And every time that happens, we all lose. So let's get a new attitude. Let's figure out how we win together. Well, that is a good thing, and we try to do that here on the uh, on uh, 1270 of XYT on Weinberg on the Law. If you want to join us, call 1-800-665-2451. I want to thank my guest, Rick Snyder, for coming on the show this morning, the self-professed biggest nerd in town. And I hope we can do this again real soon. Well, thanks for having me, Scott. It was a pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. It's always a great time to be able to see in this state who can run it. I, who is going to take us to uh, the next level? Because we're coming out of a situation as obviously it is absolutely been destructive in this state where our automotive industry has at one point over the last two years collapsed. We have collapsed the biggest industry in this state that's been taking care of us for what? 80 years. And now we expect someone to come in whether it's a politician or whether it's a, an attorney general or whether it's a uh, businessman nerd to basically take us out of this um, basically destroyed level of economy and bring us out into a phoenix of new opportunity. Well, how can we do that? Well, you know, maybe turning to a businessman might be the idea. You know, we've had a sheriff on this. We had Sheriff Bouchard. We've had, obviously, um, senator and congressman. We've had people on this on this station that have given us ideas how they're going to do it. But what we need to do is we need to make sure that whoever, ever, 
have up in Lansing. And now we know it's going to be a guy because there's no women running. So whatever man is going to be there starting off next year, January of 2011, that they take into account we don't just need uh, the, automov- the automotive industry to burgeon. We need other industries in this state. We need to be able to attract other companies that are going to employ our uh, families, employ our wives, employ our children so that we can basically we can we can create jobs in a, in a good economy again. I don't know how we're going to do it, but hopefully one of these guys can do it. Please join us here if you want to get involved in this conversation so we can try to fix what's going on in this state at 248-539-9797. We're going to be talking about all the local events here, obviously, with uh, what's going on with Kwame. I want to hear from you. Call and let me know what you think about Kwame trying to get out of prison on a boot camp program. Because we cannot get Judge Groner, we cannot get uh, Kim Worthy to let us know what's happening. So we need to hear from you. We need to hear from the listener to know, tell these people, tell Kim Worthy exactly what you think they should be doing if they should let Kwame out or not. We Give us a call at 248-539-9797. We'll be right back after this. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and try to keep your record clean? Then you need the attorneys from Weinberg Law at 1-800-7100-LAW. And if you call right now, they can qualify you for a payment plan designed just for you. That's right, an affordable top criminal law firm. Call 1-800-7100-LAW. Stay out of jail, keep your record clean, and qualify for payment plans. Call now, 1-800-710-0529. That's 1-800-7100-LAW. 